Welcome back, everybody. This is the opening of Crisis Alert number three. Number three. Three. Trace. B book three, lockdown. So it's time that we do our month or our bookly recap. Bookly <laughs> recap. Crap, recap. Crap. Recap. <laughs> so I just want to start by talking. Uh, well, just asking everybody in general, how are you all feeling at this current moment where your character is at in the campaign? Or GMing the campaign, knowing you'll be going underground to infiltrate the drow. Kyle, Eli, does one of you want to take a start mm -hmm. at just how you're feeling Crow is doing? Or you as a player, if you want to talk about that too, in general, right now at this moment. Uh, Do you need time? I got it. Oh, you got it. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely start. Uh, so I guess River, yeah, really uh, is focused on like how going down or I guess to wherever this, you know, underground area is, uh, could be, I don't even know how far it is away. No, it's not like directly under us or anything, but, uh, that entire thing is just so anxiety ridden that it's like everything, <laughs> everything that they've been prepping for is hanging on this mission. And once I lose all of the elves that have been working with me for all these years, it's going to be a really big difference than like growing up with, or not really growing up, but working with a bunch of other soldiers with you and stuff. You got like spread of the spread of the duties at hand, and here it's like yeah, strength in numbers. Yeah, yeah, and here it's like ah, three people weighing so much of the world's, I guess, knowledge and fate on their hands. It's very, very anxiety ridden. It's a lot of responsibility yeah, for sure. And yeah, that can't be stressed enough that we're going through, a, we're not walking underground, we're going through a portal. Yeah. It could teleport us it a mile underground, <laughs> 10 miles underground, I, I don't know. Is that how I said in this last episode? I don't know if, I mean, it's not really a big spoiler to give you guys what it, how, like, how, how deep it is at this point. Mm -hmm. Right, right. A yeah, little behind the scenes peaky. Yeah, a little, little behind Cheeky the scenes. You'll be uh, between four, four, or, yeah, four thousand and eight thousand feet below the surface. <sighs> wow, it's a mile. Yeah, uh, baby, that's crazy. That's deep. That. Crow, how are you feeling? Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot going crow, on. Crow feels, you know. Yeah. Crow's got feelings. Uh, it's. It's a weird, you know, it's a weird ride. It's a weird kind of mix of emotions for him. It's he's he's just exploring and he's trying to have fun, but it's like the scariest shit he's ever been had to, you know, face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he's just he he has a weird like calling to this elven you know, settlement and war and it makes him feel at home, but it makes him feel like he has like a family for once. There you go. And it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting, but almost kind of uh, coming from the opposite way of uh, of river, coming from the the whole being a part of a big uh, army, now down to a small group where you were more of a singular uh, aspect of well, a singular person. Now you're forming a group. Indeed. But, and it's just half full. it's crazy like he just doesn't know what what's about to happen and mm -hmm. somehow became, what he's getting himself into yeah became quickly and, absorbed as a very important cog in a machine that had nothing to do with him and I think that's beautiful right. <laughs> you're, an like, you're an important cog that we didn't know we needed yeah, purpose yeah. 
Phrasma keeps saying, you you just happen to be on this path. I don't know what to tell you. This just <laughs> these things just keep happening to you. <laughs> it's just a really weird combination of the fates like out of our hands. We have gods and we have, you know, people that we're dealing with for a bigger purpose, but at the same time, fate is totally in our hands. It's this weird mix. Mm-hmm. It's a very uncomfortable mm-hmm. spot to be. Yeah, so how about agreed, you, Allard? Agreed. How are you feeling generally at this point? I know there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. you've gone through book three, you're heading into book four. How are you feeling as a GM? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, book three felt like a good um, a good experience in learning how to uh, balance encounters after throwing too much loot on people. <laughs> uh, I think I figured it out by the end. But <laughs> at yeah. that point, it gets pretty tippy on whether... Uh, I could kill you in like two hits or you guys just win in, in, a, in like a round. Uh, I think that's just kind of the part, the, a portion of getting into higher level uh, Pathfinder first edition. Uh, but going forward, I'm excited, a little bit overwhelmed, but because um, like book four is a, it's kind of going back to the feeling like the roots in, in book one where there's, you're going to be a, in a singular-ish location and there's just so many options of how you could go about um, achieving your goals and uh, and finding out the information for the elves and just everything is very big and sandboxy mm-hmm. so it's really fun but it's also a lot that you as a GM me as a GM want to like a lot of knowledge to like keep in my head a lot of, a lot of random things or at least knowing where to uh, reference this city sounds great, Allard, but where are the railroad tracks? <laughs> there, I can't find my way. There aren't any anymore. Oh, no. Nope. It's a. It's one whole track. Your world is now a track. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of prep. You mm-hmm. kind of know, like book three, all those encounters, you kind of knew what to prep for, but there's a lot of information mm-hmm. on those specific encounters. Yeah, and now it's a big place, so there's not as much... Uh, information on very specific things so it's gonna be like a test of my uh, ability to keep up with what you guys uh, decide to throw at me a lot of the time so I just have to know uh, what's going on in the city uh, and know just what's around any potential corner and just be ready for you guys to do something well Mm -hmm. at this point I trust in you I (laughs) We'll Thank follow you. you to the end. <laughs> so cool. we devolve our hearts. Where, where's Elyon at? Oh, yeah, Elyon. Um, she's feeling... Uh, I think this is kind of like weirdly what she wanted, but everything is so... So, like, just keep going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's not, like... Everything has happened so rapidly that I feel like she's kind of... I think she kind of feels like she's losing a bit of her agency while at the same time... She's gaining it, right? Fate's in and out of her hands. Like, she has to do these things because she cares about the people of Riddleport loosely, right? Yeah. And people of the world. She doesn't want this to fail. But at the same time, it's like she's her strength is what got her there to be in this position to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is just this sort of weird, um, weird, uncomfortable feeling of like, where's her control at? Yeah. Um, yeah the chaotic feeling it's like spider-man getting his powers and the classic power and responsibility yeah exactly (laughs) that's what i was gonna say not knowing how much responsibility you actually have is a very yeah odd feeling to be at 
Yes. How much responsibility and yeah, will do I actually ends. have? Especially yeah. as a very, very young elf. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Especially when the Shinrakarath really like to make people feel like pawns. <laughs> She's a lot of years ahead of her. <laughs> well, I want to quickly recap books, uh, maybe not book one, but let's go over a little bit of book two. So what first sent us, um, kind of triggered us on the path that we're on, was obviously the cloud in Riddleport, but meeting Quava mm-hmm. and starting to put the pieces together, first seeing the drow mm-hmm. underneath of Riddleport, and then of course the meteor, and then our first direction from the Shinrakarath was Quava sending us to the island to investigate there a little bit. And of mm-hmm. course that was, we all we all know some crazy times happened there. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun island, <laughs> lovely island. Rolling Devil's Tower, elbow. my favorite oh. place in the world. Rolling Tower Rolling Tower was, yeah, that'll that be was a, a favorite forever. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> and then of course having the big fight at the end with the drow and uncovering a little more information about mm-hmm. them that we then took to uh, that we were told to send to Crying Leaf. Does that about sum it up? Am I yeah. missing anything? Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's pretty much it. Yep. Uh, extraneous details of, like, I guess you could you could mention uh, that that's kind of where some more Sam Belldusk interaction started to trickle yep. in because mm-hmm. uh, you saved her from saved her from uh, the Akata and uh, then she dipped out but came back to saved help us. you save to, yeah to save you yeah. And yeah, and that's where we, and then we first met Elias Tamarhawk also. Yeah. Yep. 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 That was the beginning of that relationship. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot happened on the island, a lot of stuff going on, and we found some important leads, which brings us to, um, brings us to the beginning of our book three. And I want to start by talking or asking a listener question. Ooh. Ooh, okay. This is from Sir Newt on the first Discord. First one, Sir Newt. Thank you. Nice. Looking back at the start of book three, what did you imagine to be in store for you? Elf Gates and Betrayals. Anyone have any thoughts? What did you expect going into book three? I want you all to go first on this one. (laughs) Well, I expected everything that happened. Yeah, (laughs) zoom you would. Well done. Well done. (laughs) I'm pretty prescient sometimes. I also expected everything. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think we I think we knew what we were getting into. I think that was kind of one of the pivotal moments of like okay, like I like we know what we have to do right now, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it was laid out before us. I I guess I thought that maybe Selwynvian would be bigger crying leaf would be a big city or something and we'd spend more time in the elven culture and then maybe fighting out i definitely didn't expect that we'd be taking on a drow city <laughs> i thought it would be more subterfuge type sleeping stuff, in, in an yeah, encampment sure. you know like it was very yeah like minimalist like all right now we're in a weird camp halfway between our two cities like old war would be and it was just miserable it was not like oh welcome to this lovely city with fine dining mm-hmm. not at all <laughs> it was a trove of terrors a trove of terrors indeed lots of woes yeah which like i think it, to my to my knowledge uh coming in as uh as river i guess i knew about like the gates and stuff but i don't think that the riddleport gang like knew anything about like being able to travel from side to side of continents with uh teleporting gates or anything so i think that was probably like the biggest like wow of the chapter or of the book was just the fact that like oh there's like this crazy elven technology besides just the cipher gate stuff that's going on there's like an entire another system of collect a stone and travel across the world Mm -hmm. and uh that was probably not to like riddle porter's knowledge i would assume you know 
Mm-hmm. I know Dane didn't fucking know about no elf gate. <laughs> <laughs> he almost did. Yeah, right. Almost. Maybe he got there somehow. <laughs> He's getting there via his own knowledge. Well, uh, a lot has happened, definitely. Mm-hmm. So let's start getting into the recap and feel free to interrupt me at any point. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out and say the title of this book and it's right yeah, quick. Yeah. So book three, also known as the Armageddon Echo, ri- written by Jason Bullman himself. Echo. Thank echo, you, Mr. Echo. Jason Bullman. Great adventure. Yes. It mm-hmm. had a nice like kind of like faux climax kind of shift pivot into the shadow realm, which was neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written in here um, as like the foreword that uh, he was excited to like they uh, whoever whoever writes these who does write these James Jacob wrote in the beginning that when he offered uh, to like he offered Jason a, a spot to write one of these stories he expected him to either pick uh, the beginning or the very end but surprised him and took the middle and he thinks it was because the PCs would be at a low enough level that a Vrock demon would still fuck them up. <laughs> but, he just wanted the Vrock. Yeah, but you guys actually <laughs> didn't fight the Vrock. Wow. Yeah, where was that at? It was in the, the room with... The feathers. Uh, yeah, the feathers and the spores. The Academy of Arts when we were like, you could go straight, we followed the blood trail over to the side oh, door. Because sure. the other one was already stormed through. Yep. But when we saw those feathers, we hard-noped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vrock aren't a thing to mess with. I've encountered some of those in other <laughs> Yeah, so areas. it was it was bound to that room, and uh, it was free to go after it, like, stopped intruders, basically. And so once the elves came in, I just had that kind of release him, and now he's just flying around somewhere. But a baboo mm-hmm. on the other side? Easy clap. Just mop through him, right? That's how the... <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, Jason, for a good freaking book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we start off forever comrades in our hometown of Riddleport. The gang feels the weight of their week spent on the devil's elbow. And uh, shortly after, we don't lay to rest, but we say goodbye to a companion, Dane. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Dane parts his ways and decides that he needs to forge his own path in Riddleport. Yeah, that happened. (laughs) It did happen. That did happen. (laughs) It was a very... Very powerful episode. I think what a way to come swinging, either as an ending or a starting to a season. <laughs> True. It, it, I think it, it felt weighty. Oh, it was it was a like, heavy decision to make, but I think like it was so there. That yeah, it it, yeah. it made sense, but it, it was like a good, powerful decision mm-hmm. either way. To to um, recap for this, I definitely went through and listened to this one again, and I just sat there like you can hear every little crack in my voice as I'm talking. Like, it was such a long episode to record. It felt like hours. Yeah. The one where you showed up again? or no, Forever, oh, Comrades, Forever Comrades, yeah. Word. Just like I listened to it, and it just sounds like someone who's just been, like, at a funeral crying. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. It, it felt like, really in character. Uh, it was. Too uh-huh. much so. Too much so. Yeah, it was heavy. And with heavy hearts, we mm-hmm. left Riddleport, a young and crow, mm-hmm. uh, Quava too. Quava and Sam. Quava and Sam. Sam did come with us. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she did. You guys asked her and she said, all right. But you, <laughs> I have to talk to Elias about it first. Ha. That should have been... We'll get to that. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to have her with, definitely. We were felt like we were lacking in a party without a fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dane. Yep, yep, yep. I definitely... I definitely understood the the party balance that was happening and thought that uh, a little boost there would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I also really love, like, this is just a guilty pleasure. I love episodes where uh, a party is lacking a member and, like, seeing how the dynamic just changes even for one episode. So, like, even when it's just going from A to B in traveling, being like, what is that even like without someone? You know what I mean? So I wanted to see, like, three more episodes of, like, what do they do without me? Go on. <laughs> like, in a weird narcissistic way, but also in just, like, what does it look like when there's only two people in an already small three-person party? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did you guys feel being just like the two people in the party for a little bit? Hmm. Like we uh, developed like a little brother sister thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. I, I think definitely felt tighter. closer to Crow. I think we kind of relied on each other more without Dane. Sure. And like, because I mean, the dragon fight was very, very soon after we left him. Mm-hmm. And that was the first that fight was crazy. without him. <laughs> it also um, maybe made Elyon feel a little more like, uh, obviously got closer to Crow in certain ways, but understood that these attachments like could could go away at any time. Ooh. Ooh. Not that not that she wants that, but it's just sort of the harsh reality of well, yeah. Her you, friend decided e- to leave. It was a choice, and yeah. that's that's very real. You've now experienced it. Yeah. In in the in the matter of days, you experienced well. You've been experiencing death, but you've experienced the death of someone who was pretty close, I guess, Lixie. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, then Dane leaving. It's kind of two different experiences of of loss that just happened all of a sudden. So now you're indoctrined into what loss is. And man, if and that's not father. a cool uh, yeah, and her father, shit. a cool hero backstory to be like, yeah, you know, just back when I was. However young in my first hometown, I lost some friends, like, right off the bat. Then, anyways, I went off to fight a drake. And you're like, what did you say? <laughs> drake, what? <laughs> we deal with death every book. Drake? It's, it's, uh, it's a part of it. Drake. Yeah, Mirani feed Drake. <laughs> so, this drake. is our first encounter. We enter Crying Leaf, and what do you know? <laughs> three? Three Drakes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, three. Drake. Three. Yeah, it came screaming down at us, which is uh, pretty intimidating, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, 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 I was way. like, oh my god, I'm gonna f- come in here and I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna light them up. Yeah. But you guys pretty much lit up those Drakes's uh, like. But that was when I first discovered. Okay, these guys might be a little overpowered for some of the things as written. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when the Drakes didn't go quite as scary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were still pretty fucking scary. They were pretty I, creepy. I tried my best, but yeah, they. They took a licking really quick. I so, thought. Yeah, so we and we weren't alone. This is True. where we were that, introduced to Yeah. This River. Where we got introduced to River. I got a curious question. I uh what did you think before meeting River I was gonna come in as? Or as uh where would you see me first? Did you expect like I'm gonna see them in this fight? Or were you like uh, maybe maybe it's the captain that he described, or maybe it's you know. Uh, did you have any inklings, or were you just down for the ride? Well, I just I was kind of jumpy. I expected every encounter to be like, here they are, here we go. <laughs> like the horses outside of Riddleport, that oh, yeah. band of horses that showed up. Thought I, I, thought was I was like the, River. I was like, hey, what's up, guys? You're gonna be like, a horse lord. Yeah, I'm a horse lord now. <laughs> Look at me and my horses. That'd I'm a cavalry sick. guy. You're oh, a man. druid. I, nice. I was a cavalry druid of some <laughs> sort. Woo, yeah. cavalier. If if Eli would have chosen like not to be an elf, that probably would have been a good place to bring them in. <laughs> right, riding in on the horses. You it's end like, up buying like, the horse like from under me. I'm like, you can get me for an extra hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you come Sell on. Sell yourself. <laughs> Horse Lord guy turns around. He's like, I pay you a hundred like all the time. <laughs> chill, chill. No, yeah, that was a really fun introduction. I think it was fun to be like, just show up already uh, 
it, was that a good was that a good way to like paint river showing up rather than being like ah you found them at a bar you know what i mean like that type of meeting yeah it, for sure like seeing them roll up militant like here's the thing and then when the i remember when the combat like ended i was like i like broke out of soldier and that was like the first introduction to like okay there's militant river and then there's this river who's like got a weasel <laughs> and like loves it dearly you know that type of beat so uh, I thought that was a really like fun, accurate introduction, at least that got out a lot of information in a really coy way. Uh, looking back on it, I didn't see it as that at the time, but yeah, I thought it was really good. Really, mm-hmm. I, for oh, sure. I was Def- nervous to come in. <laughs> better, better than meeting in a bar. Absolutely. We got to run our characters past each other when we originally started this, and like we're like, yeah, this all sounds great. This is cool, and like not running it past was like, oh god, they're gonna hate it. They're gonna we think immediately I'm a dick. just jump into like, a, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, <laughs> just like, all right, new friend, huzzah! <laughs> it was it was great. It wasn't all good times. We did lose one companion in that fight. Our drow captive. Oh, yeah. He got drow burnt guy. up. That yeah, was like roasted. He yeah, he got acid fucking sprayed. <laughs> we, after all that we did, we took him you, so far. You can't win them all. I was yeah. so impressed that you brought an entire drow body. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that wasn't just me just trying not to deal with the, your captive. That that just that just happened. He was like, well, he's still right in that area. I'm sorry. He's dead, though. Splash. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tied up. Caught dragon's breath. And if you would have had better horses, maybe your horses wouldn't ran away, and then you would have had to have the elf scouts go find your horses for you. That was fun. Oh, yeah. They still got your horses at Cryingly. <laughs> yeah, we'll need to go get those back. I, hope, I know they're elves. They'll take good care of them. Oh, yeah. They're going to sure. be, like, better when you get there with full, like, horse armor. It's going to be buff as hell. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, <laughs> I can ramp about uh, horse armor forever. So that took us into Cryingleaf, where we got to know the town a little bit, and we started to, uh, you know, start integrating with the elves. We yeah, met yeah. Karashio right away, and we met Eviana right away, mm-hmm. and uh, then we played some games with River. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. Just some, yeah, needed follow, something. Follow needed something shaft. that wasn't go eat RP or something like standard convo RP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. still have I still have battle games I want to play, but you have to be in combat to do them, and there hasn't been like a fitting combat to do it. But you know, just like tallying up who gets the most okay. kills on a bet and stuff like that, being like, I'll give you a twenty GP and a foot massage if you get more than I do, and you're just counting them. What? <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> True. But when do you run into a horde of you know eight things that are just easy to mop? It's usually just one dude that's scary. You're yeah. <laughs> always taking a bet on all those elves. Yeah, right. I was thinking about all the elves, maybe. Definitely could. Have. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> you weren't going to start betting. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, well, so we gained, we shared the information we had in Crying Leaf, and got some new information of our own that the elves were planning an attack. Yep, that mm-hmm. was some big info, and uh, kind of, I don't know, just basically got right into prepping for what's next. Yeah. Well, I guess they. You they, guys brought the dire info. They were going to chill for God knows how yeah, long. I was going to be at that camp forever. <laughs> pretty much. Like, they were just, like, occupying it, just, like, the outside of it to keep it contained. But then the information that you guys brought changed their minds into le- launching a full attack. So they'd been chilling there for a fucking long time. I thought we're I was, sick. Yeah. I thought I was going to be chilling at like a chilling at the dead uh dead ayadara gates for forever you know just watching the normal stones but all of a sudden no these two riddle portians come in and they're like you gotta go to work we just come and say no war (laughs) now well they're basically a military camp is that right crying leaf 
Yeah, so it was. So they're prepped for this. Yeah, it's kind of if like they a, it's definitely a town that was kind of founded around a, a military base of sorts. Mm-hmm. And it was like just in the lore of Crying Leaf too that it had like been what ransacked within like the past month by like mm-hmm. another attack too. So it wasn't even like you were coming into a nice space. It was one that was still recuperating from the last hit. Yeah. Oh god. It still often gets attacked by the drow. That's a horrible place to be in. Yeah. So. Uh, so did that kind of did that feel like a culture shock to uh, Crow and Elyon a little bit? Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure, yeah, definitely a different. I bet place. that's not what Elyon thought Elf Life was going to be like right away. Yeah, I don't know what she thought. <laughs> right. um, I think she definitely she felt a little insecure there. That's for sure. Just like being around real elves, she of course wanted to be accepted. Um, yeah, kind of intimidating. Didn't know what sure. to expect. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you're my culture. What, what, what do, what do, what do? <laughs> and yeah, and then like the worst parents ever being like, I don't know. Well, you're gonna tell us what you're doing. Like, wait, what? I'm a what? <laughs> I'm young. <laughs> Go to war. Well, well, that's what they did. They sent us to war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we don't need to talk about everything that happened, <laughs> uh, all the specific battles, but. Might as well open with the first one. We took over that tower. Yeah. Went in, had to get a uh, nice footing in the city. And so we started off invisible and we rushed in as a group and did our best to clear that as quickly as we could so that the rest of the elves would have an inn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freaking Set the levitate them. invisibility starting. We just got yeah. up next to River him. just that pop, pop, so pop. Insane. Showed off your full strength of that bow. Oh, that not even the full strength even because you, we forgot I was banned. No yeah. bane. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I've been baying the whole I, time. I, I put in a question in there that definitely doesn't need to be answered, but it was just, how does it feel to know you could have been baying the whole time? The answer's bad. Continue. <laughs> Feels bad. Continue. <laughs> Feels absolutely horrible. Yeah, definitely. That's that's when I knew that I was going to have to beef up some encounters <laughs> later on. And yeah. so I spent the, the rest of the book after that point trying to find the balance. And trying to just sub out things that were drow for non-drow just to fuck me. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. It's a tricky thing balancing. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Yeah. Makes it, it that just having to balance a little bit just all like just easily makes it a little bit more of ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah, I definitely felt some of the danger. Um, so yeah, we took over that outpost pretty quickly. Gave the elves a footing into the city, and. Um, well, where do we go next? Was it the gibbering mouthers? Was that the next encounter yeah. we had? I mean, yeah. And in between, like all these two, we pretty much just kept bopping back to the camp, even though I full well, for, well kind of forgot, but kind of thought it was just a silly idea to be using. Uh, I have a spell that's hide campsite, so it'll just use foliage and et cetera around mm. you to like blend a campsite. So hindsight being what it is, we could have just slept in almost every one of those places without <laughs> having to run back to camp. But yeah. after we had done it like three times, I was like, you know, it's novelty. We got to go back to the tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely what I expected to happen. When, yeah. when you pick that spell, I'm like, oh, cool. cool. They'll stay out in the city. That, that'll be sweet. <laughs> right. No running back. And nope, three times in, I'm like, I have a spell. Oh, right. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure we would have. Our orders were pretty clear. Clear sure. the city out. You're right. Had some locations to wipe out. Mm. We could have saved hours. Yeah. <laughs> so many. I mean, but at the same time, I probably would have then had to introduce some like random night encounters. So it might have extended mm-hmm. your, your stay there, which would have been good and bad. Would have been but, good. Yeah, you guys mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you were you blazed through this that portion of the book. We evaded sure. a lot of, I think, like 
the explorative like we could have probably just started going around streets got into fights every left or right turn but we were like here back there back a b back and then it was like you know golem whatever else there was it was like no we just know a lot. We're like, nope, that's not our mission. Yeah, <laughs> true. There are true. some it coasting creatures that you missed in there. Yeah, I'm sure. Just because, like, who, why, if, you, if you're if you not being directed there in a lot of game situations, unless you're kind of a, a diehard completionist, you're not going to go to every <laughs> single location. Right. But there's a few that have been, like, like, really hard, or I'm trying to find one of the monsters you would have came, came across here. Oh, I was going to tell you. Table of after, Evil Outsiders. This is, <laughs> well, you're, I guess this is kind of in the mix, but there's an encounter, like a random encounter that could have happened if I would have rolled a 100 on the random generator. <laughs> oh, no. You would have ran into a unicorn. No You could have no ran into a unicorn. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Could you have kept sick. it? Uh, I don't know what you would have done with it, but <laughs> you would have ran into it. has got to revive people or huh. something crazy. <laughs> it would have been something else. <laughs> that would have been pretty Dang. neat. But there is a building that had a moff tet in it, which is kind of a which is kind of a, a sphinx woman with like wings and uh, and hooves and tail and stuff. Oh god. Evil? Uh neutral. Huh. Alright. Would have been an interesting encounter if you went into that building. For sure. Uh yeah. But anyway, yeah, the gibbering mouthers were the next thing. Uh, as you were on your way to 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 the to the lost episode yeah <laughs> well yeah. you're on your way to the lost episode go to the alchemy lab yes the alchemy lab and i i'll have to i'll have to edit that episode one day and put it out but mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm busy sometimes sometimes it'll sometimes. be a special little treat <laughs> yeah we'll see it eventually but yeah the on the way to the lost episode and where you uh fought the alchemist and uh destroyed uh all the supplies and which which i want to say did help in the future uh after pretty much after that tower fight um the drow were pretty much out of like being able to resupply their stuff so i after that i only had them have like one or two of each kind of bolt instead of Uh basically as many as they needed that's cool but you guys mopped them up within a couple rounds most of the time anyway so it didn't necessarily feel like they were out of out of those Mm -hmm. yeah definitely we got i mean they hit us with the i mean it's pretty quick yeah i remember looting bodies me like they had one bolt (laughs) all right yeah (laughs) it was kind of weird so Um, i wanted that was kind of how i was uh planning on kind of side rewarding that effort i like it well um we're we're about halfway into our recording time, All so right. we got to pick it up a little pick bit. Pick it up. Here. All right, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Um, I want to talk about that was so going into the city. That was a big step making our move into there. Um, but besides major endings from you know leaving uh, Riddleport, I just want to have a little discussion here. Breaking off from the recap, the party lost, of course, a member and gained a new one. And we talked about this a little bit, but I want to bring up this two-part question from Hot Rats on the oh, Discord. Boy. Hot so, Rats asks, do you all think much about poor Dane missing out on all the fun while he's back in Riddleport? Oh, poor Dane. <laughs> I, know, I know I do, just because I know that him having that alchemist in him would have enjoyed well, at least the alchemy shop. Uh, and then there's some other things in the in the near future that he would have enjoyed as well. Definitely, I I missed him at the alchemy shop. That's for sure. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I would have had you definitely made me think though. of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> Dane would have been able to instead of um, instead of 
you guys burned all the stuff and left the plume in the air, uh-huh. uh, which was a lingering effect uh, because of that action. Uh, he would have been able to just straight up neutralize it, mm. so it would have wouldn't have been an issue if you would have just like done a little alchemy magic on it. Mm-hmm. Nice, Damn. drop in a little salt tablet and call it good. Yeah, that would have changed things a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, I uh, I definitely missed him on some of the stuff, and mm-hmm. I mean he could have used given us some stuff to stay awake a little longer. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have to slow down. Oh some yeah, night, yeah. Crow wouldn't need <laughs> need half the sleep. <laughs> But the second, so the second part of Hot Rat's two-part question, two-part question, double feature. He asks, "Do you all?" Th- oh, that was the, that was the same question. <laughs> Do you all? Different question. How different does the party feel with River rather than Dane as part of it? And we talked about this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit more because it is a significant part of book three. Is that we got a new character? It's a big true deal. That, true that. Uh, I guess I can start. How do how does Elyon feel? with a river rather than Dane. I think she's trying to build a relationship. And uh, at first it definitely felt like there are so many people that are in and out of our lives at this point. A lot of them are leaving our lives in negative ways like Saul. Mm-hmm. So she was wary definitely at first, uh, took more warming up than she has previously given, you know, Dane and Crow, she became pretty quick friends, but river, she was a little hesitant. Cause like, is this person going to leave me pretty quickly? Uh, is it mm-hmm. worth getting attached to? But River stayed around and joined them, and uh, she definitely started warming up more. Yeah, and think about that River is your first friend that actually has the same longevity of life as you. So that could that is like the first, mm-hmm. like pretty much potential life companion. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Which is it's a good life link. Role. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, kind of a big deal. Right. Most of your friends will be around the hot 60 years, but this one will probably be around for hundreds. So what are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. assuming nothing Assu- goes absolutely assuming. horrible. Uh, nothing uh, nothing bad could happen. I <laughs> never almost die. I never almost <laughs> die. Not never one, ever. Not at once. Uh-uh. Uh, anyone else have any other thoughts about that? How the party feels different with River rather than Dane? It would have been a lot more riotous with Dane. <laughs> like, I think we, yeah, got a, we got a fighter in River. For sure. Someone who's like, oh, that's a good point to be made too. Just someone who like in specific is pretty much made for the campaign is just meant to be like a good hook for the next good book or two, I'm assuming, uh, of just like if Dane was around, it would be you guys all get the same hook. But whereas like you have such an easy end with River to just be like, oh, yeah, Shinragarth need to talk to River. Boom. Easy done. Uh, so that was really nice, but yeah, without without uh, River and if it was Dane here, like so many of the fights, I think would have became much more uh, messy and like chaotic, just as you know the Riddleport crew tends to be. Whereas every time River Ken is like trying to keep everything uniform and straight and report back, and you know what I mean, get the flares sent off, do whatever it needs to be done. Yeah, Dane would have been, been the way. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. It's like going with like your camp counselor versus your cool uncle. <laughs> like yeah. both, are, both are trying to be cool, but one's actually cool. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> reined in your chaoticism a lot with River. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I don't Listen. know if you're really. Are you that chaotic of a person in general? No, I don't think so. I don't really like even playing. Oh, well, I mean, like you are like playing. Yeah, I hate playing. First off, and uh, this is actually my resignation. I have another letter for you guys. No, that's not true. Shit. Um, that's not true. I'll never leave you. Uh, I'll never leave you until River gets her head cut off. <laughs> well, we're happy to have River. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I can speak for crossed. the whole party. Though we miss <laughs> Miss Dane, of course. Maybe someday reunite. Both are, of course. 
So that was the last episode. And <laughs> moving on to the next four epic episodes. Two-parter Bardic Adventure. Three-parter. Three-parter Bardic Adventure? Yeah, Three. it was a three-parter. Wow. They're three a little episodes. bit shorter episodes than normal, but I spread them out into three. Yeah. Epic. They were special. Epic. Crazy. Three-parter Bardic Adventure. And speaking of bards... Uh, we all know and love fan favorite Break the Bard, played by Andrew Nelson. Bricks, 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 bricks. And uh, Andrew Nelson uh, wasn't able to join us today, but I he did send a little audio clip in uh, just with his thoughts on how we're doing. So we're going to go ahead and play that now. His God, thoughts on I haven't, how we're doing. I haven't heard this yet. This is going to be oh, fun. No. Magical blessings, my friends. This is Andrew, the voice of Briggs the Bard, and the composer behind a good part of the music on the podcast. Without a doubt, my favorite part of this book was the Bardic Adventure. Not only because I got to play and score long as we went, but because Briggs' ascension music was very fun to put together. There's lots of strings doing fun swells, as well as a lot of ambient tracks helping push forward this magical experience Briggs is going through. The podcast is edited and recorded through Pro Tools, but most of the music I wrote for this book was recorded using Logic Pro X. The plugins for a majority of the virtual instrument tracks are Spitfire Audio's BBC Symphony Orchestra and their Labs plugins. They are all free plugins, by the way. <laughs> Briggs is very nice. impulsive, and the writing process for most of the music is too. I start with a very simple idea and then keep adding and subtracting new ideas until we have something fun. Thanks for listening to the podcast and the music and all of Briggs' craziness. All right, enjoy the recap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. <Andrew>. Very epic. <laughs> we love you, Andrew. That was awesome, Wish you Andrew. could be here. That was Thanks, awesome. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Uh, just plug, just plugs everything too. I love it. He's like, and here, this is how you can make it. Yeah, you got to show your Free work sometimes, though. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, house house music, musician Andrew Nelson, we love him. Yes, what a guy. Props to you. Briggs the Bard, and yes, yeah. Bard of all time. Brings our shit to life, baby. Briggs the Frigian Bard. Some of our most epic moments. So yeah, three parter epic Bardic adventures. Who wants to qu quickly recap how that went? I might as well take that. Uh, well, <laughs> ran into Briggs on your way back from the uh, from the last episode, and he's uh, he's been he's a guy he, he moves around a lot. He meets a lot of people. He's friends with Eviana. He likes to play songs for everyone. He's been roaming around trying to collect musical instruments, and he he heard that there might be some in this uh, ruined city. So he was he needed some help, and wh what a lucky coincidence that you guys were there, huh? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. good timing. Good for timing sure. for sure. <laughs> I got to, I got the best arc for him. It was like a one day arc where it's like you met this weary traveler, happy bard. Next day, he's yeah, just man. stuck in ascending. <laughs> <laughs> I I really had a lot of fun with these um, because I I took the the set piece encounter from the back of this three five book. Uh, I hear they don't do those anymore, uh, so I took the that the skeletons for that and just kind of twisted it a little bit to make it more fun and like uh andrew had winked kind of winked at me and said that he this could be a, a a like climax and ending of of briggs so rather than just like okay i'm gonna try to kill you i try i figured i might 
give him the option to to ascend to some sort of spiritual being and uh yeah it was a it was a lot of fun fantastic idea such a good idea very cool so beautiful just taking taking the initiative there with you two was such a smart idea took something that i'm sure every encounter of this is like moderately the same but there was even the part with like the gray render Mm-hmm. And like that, I thought was gonna be a fight, and that ended up just being his pet at the end. It mm-hmm. was very on its head. It felt like the most cinematic uh, three episodes we had done, where it's like very. Uh, it almost felt like it just had hook after hook of like curves. You know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. ah, you think you have it cleared? Well, now there's someone downstairs. Oh, you think that they're gonna have a fight? No, 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 no. Like everything yeah. kept me going. Like, oh, you think it's this? No, it's not. And oh, what a fantastic three episodes. Yeah, I don't know if I've. I don't know if I've ever felt so uh, unsure of what to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In a TTRPG, I was just along for the ride. That's fair. I didn't even know the guy, so I really felt lost. I was like, I mean, it seems like this is what he wants. I'm not sure. <laughs> I could stop him, but he's not mad. <laughs> yeah, it was. De- it's definitely like a, like definitely a side episode, you know? It's not necessarily part of your story, but you guys get to tag along and be a part of somebody else's story. Which can be which can be just as fun. I don't know if Filled you guys thought it was, yeah, no, I, yeah, it was absolutely. I think the way it played out was perfect. One of my too. favorite parts of the uh, book three, but mm-hmm. of course that goes into two more epic episodes. Yes, uh, pinned down part one and part two. Oh Ooh. my gosh, Those which was crazy. straight combat, straight combat, uh, planning, strategizing, and an interesting time mechanic yes. that we haven't really faced before. I I may have uh, miss. I don't know, misread that or something, but five minutes in game time ends up being a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time. Enough for people to not really need to plan before they go into battle because <laughs> that's a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you definitely could have, I mean, maybe. 50 rounds, right? Yeah. yeah. How, <laughs> how, how would have it, it felt if instead of a five minute in game timer, I had a five minute in or out of game timer, real life timer <laughs> before that ballista got ready and, and fired way more stressful oh, <laughs> we tried Awful. something similar to that when we were playing um we were just doing a one shot with some character warm-ups a while ago mm-hmm. and i had you guys do six second time yeah remember and how chaotic that got to be yeah or quick trying guess. to trying to think real time mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it, make I, a lot of mistakes it might have been more immersive i guess at that point i don't know it's either uh, it's either too anxiety too. causing or <laughs> I'd, I'd almost say like split the difference rather than just five minutes in game be like okay let's just do like 10 that way every you know like it just like doubles for irl time but you're still on a really tight crunch because a 10 minute combat is still insane mm-hmm. i've never heard a 10 minute combat on a pod unless it was them killing an ant or something yeah, crazy definitely never before a 10 minute they got it done fight it definitely had <laughs> the possibility of going that long but i rolled for the reinforcements that i rolled and it was going to be way too long for them to show up sure just the luck of the dice on that one for you you know yeah it worked out it worked out well i and in game i didn't know how much time we had so i mm-hmm. still felt like i had to be pretty urgent with what i was doing like, yeah i say i still played it the same i played it like i was in a damn hurry yeah. i didn't really i I thought about my moves, but if it was something that was extremely calculated, I was like, there's no way I'd just think to do that. So it was very, you know, chaotic and choice because 
I'm not gonna sit and think of the best move, but like, what did we do? We yeeted people into bushes. <laughs> like, that's not a that's not a smart soldier move. We were pretty aggressive. Yeah, with our fighting there. Definitely. I gotta well, go. I mean, yeah. once you walk into the middle of the place, like the middle between all those buildings, like on a bunch of gravel, while there's people up on top of a tower, like keeping a lookout, that things kind of get blown real, real fast. Mm-hmm. People with dark vision, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that was our first well not first but a a real encounter of like they can see and we can't you know what i mean and that was the first real intimidating is like well they got you pinned down just fine but every time you peek out of the door you're getting an arrow to the head so it's like you had to use one of your turns to chaotically sprint out of there as fast as you could and just like hope hope you you didn't fall asleep yeah because like the only other option would be that you know you held down inside that little fort and someone went and cleared the ballista area for you which that's a one person job no way in hell you know what i mean so i think we did the best we could have I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah we played was, to our strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you once the the dead weight of Sam and Quava got knocked out of the <laughs> yeah. ship, yeah. thank God. The <laughs> yeah. Even though Quava was one of the only ones I was like rooting for because he could see. Uh, I don't think he he might have had low, low light. light though. He Maybe. Low yeah, light. Okay. I just think I th- I think I remember just us having like a little bit of a one up on some of the people, but I don't remember how yeah. much. Yeah. Sam and him, I don't think had dark right. vision. <laughs> the rest of you did. I, I think I remember uh, River guiding one of Quava's shots or something. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Shoot here. Yep. <laughs> so that took us halfway through book three as far as episodes go. Episode 50, what do heroes dream of? And we had a little moment to calm down and uh, yes, a little resp- reflect inward with some dreams. Yes, yeah, a nice mm. respite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if and uh, if you guys would have had uh, had Dane and uh, he made sure that the smoke cloud didn't happen or the stinking cloud, you guys wouldn't have stopped there. So that would have been another difference just by having a different character. True. Who knows? We could have run into something in the night. I don't sure. know. You would have you would have tried to trek it all the way back in the in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Oof. And mm-hmm. I think this was where Elyon first encountered Nocticula. Is that right? Oh yeah, was yeah. Was this yeah. this moment and. I think Crow had a vision of Phrasma as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone had nice dreams. I watched River a friend had die. A, had yeah, a pretty you watched dark a friend dream die. In my hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> yeah. So all of us were kind that of going through our own <laughs> our own little things there. You know. Yeah. You got. You can't have peaceful dreams oh, after no. being in the middle of war. I feel. <laughs> no, you're gonna have something. Either a total exhaustion, knocked out. I imagine, or yeah. And residual fume clouds filling the area, so you're just like slightly <laughs> huffing all night. <laughs> yeah, that makes a difference too. <laughs> Maybe yeah. if we just would have cleared far enough, it was the chems we were messing with our brains. You actually didn't see Nuticuli. I gave you that tattoo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. Thanks. Yeah, and, the tattoo. And the power that comes you with didn't it. wake up. So. It was, remarkable yeah what do you how do you guys feel about like the god interaction that i've given you so far is it it's pretty loosey-goosey with as far as like probably how god interactions typically play (laughs) out but i think Uh i think it gives a fun connection to something besides yourself yeah i think i mean i don't play any godly character but i think when you have like a deity scene with anyone it can be a a great info dump but b a great way to like quickly change a character for a reason you know what i mean just by switching up like uh the way they conduct themselves because uh, a deity came in and said you're not doing this right a character will switch up like just like that um Mm -hmm. so a deity you know having those interactions is a great way to just kind of guide things left and right and slap characters like moralities around being like ah yes you're doing well even when the character feels like i'm doing horrible you know they'll keep down that path because their god's like you're doing good 
Oh, definitely. So that's really I think that's fun. crow to that's a T to right with. now. Yeah. <laughs> definitely trusting in Phrasma and trusting and knowing. Wait. Yeah, knowing now that Phrasma trusts you. Yes. It's a big mm. deal. And also in Crow's... Crow's was a memory that led to a god interaction. He remembered a god interaction through his memory. <laughs> yeah. Pretty loosey-goosey there, but I thought it was a weird twist up to just... I, I almost drowned. Yeah. <laughs> almost drowned and saved saved by Sam Beldusk's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Our sailor yes. almost drowned. <laughs> the plot thickens. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I had listed here another listener question. We've sort of already covered it, but I'll just I'll just bring it up again, and we can talk about if there's anything that we missed. Yeah. This is from Tilda on our Discord. Tilda hey, asks, Tilda. did hey, it feel Tilda. strange to go from crimes and grit in Riddleport <laughs> to elven politics and warfare in a very short span of time? <laughs> How do you feel about the stark contrast and setting and tone? And I bring it up now because this is epi- after the episode Megatent. We are no longer <laughs> feeling like outsiders so much as like now we're kind of part of the elves and we've been here a little bit. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've assimilated into the army. Yes. Comfortable enough to build a mega tent. <laughs> a mega tent, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Does anyone have any other thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I just I just think the political switch up, I see why people were talking why it's such a huge jump between books and why maybe that throws some people off. You know, if you weren't anticipating or you don't like this type of gameplay, then yeah, I can see why that would be a slap to the face from the almost noir kind of crimey feel we had before. Uh, so political intrigue was not what I thought was going to happen really even semi knowing what was going on I didn't really anticipate it to be so like us versus them political you know what I mean it's pretty interesting yeah I mm-hmm. think uh, I think it's frustrating a little bit on Elyon's end is like yeah crime bosses and that whole situation sucks but I mean, I was going to say they're honest. They're not honest, but at least you know they're against you. We're, we're mm-hmm. the tiptoeing like, oh, he's in command and he feels mm-hmm. emasculated because <laughs> you're all here and like making him look mm-hmm. not as good. Like that stuff is super annoying, mm-hmm. frustrating for Elyon. Let's just do the job. Yo. <laughs> Stepping into a very egoic like society almost just being like, oh my God, I thought all of you crime lords are bad. You guys need to get over yourselves referring to the elves. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a culture shock for sure. <laughs> Especially um, Big Crow Boy. Yeah, I mean in like the weirdest way, but I think he's he's trying to have fun with it. He's trying to look at it as mm-hmm. as his riddle port days. That's what he's, I mean, that's all he knows. So mm-hmm. he brings him. You can't take Riddleport out of the orc. <laughs> He's going to be the crow that goes back to Riddleport, or the orc that goes back to Riddleport and can talk about all of his elven adventures. And Just the throwing GP at not the Golden Goblin, but another uh, friends with all the high similar. elves. You're what? <laughs> Who? You'll never leave the temple. Right. Never, ever. Yeah, I've definitely... I've tried my best to try to smooth that transition between genres as much as possible mm-hmm. just by trying my best to hook you on the the main threads and make you kind of have an attachment to, I guess, drow and what's happening with them. And that leads into elven politics, and it's going to continue to lead you other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And lead us it did we had uh it was, it was, at this point it's time for us to kind of bring it home on the fight over Selwyn Vian mm-hmm. and so we have three uh three episodes flesh at the threshold seeing yeah. isn't always believing and a river above a river below as we fight in the academy 
um yeah i think episodes are wild too yeah pretty intense a lot of planning a lot riding on this but at this point the city's sort of under our control and we need to just bring it home and clear the elves out we had found out um our main mission was we knew that they had a portal is that right we yes. were sent in with that information yes and we needed to gain control of it mm-hmm. yeah little did they know there were two portals two portals <laughs> And so we attacked multiple sides, and uh, we per- we handled our side reasonably well, but we got a little slowed down on getting ourselves positioned properly and then taking out, was it a flesh column? Yeah. The flesh column slowed us down. Elyon's magic was totally useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so that slowed us down getting into it, but we got in pretty unscathed. We were all right on spells and on food and health, mm-hmm. but when we got inside oh no <laughs> empty no other elves around it was not the case Things for the other messy. parties <laughs> they got wiped quick and dragged in really fast and thrown through a portal and all that was left was undead versions of some of them yeah and mm-hmm. those are blood captured criminals or not criminals but elves that had been probably been ca- been captive for a little while but uh, as like right soon before you guys showed up he uh, he slit all their throats and turned them undead Beautiful. Ouch. <laughs> rude. Very beat. Very mean. Very Blood, rude. feathers, and altar. There was mm-hmm. a lot of shit going on in there that was super spooky. Oh, yeah. We, so glad we avoided the feathers. Yeah, so, glad, so glad you avo- you have had Sam or else you guys would have been fireballed right before oh, going to that door. You're right. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, was a, that, that was a was tricky a thing. One, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a DC 30 <sighs> use magic device check to to stop that or if probably if you were a rogue you could probably do like disable device uh, mm. just because I think some of the magic crossover happens mm. um, God, but yeah that been wild. you could have bypassed it one other way and it was uh, by like cutting your hand and touching the altar and praying uh, praying to Braxis holy never shit never would have known yeah never would have figured that out Ooh, right no yeah, no, no we'd no, been no. locked out and fireballed no, <laughs> no, no. The, the hints were kind of there there was like a mat in front mm-hmm. of a bloody, uh, bloody thing, and you—I think you guys surmised that there was some sort of connection to Abraxas between mm-hmm. both things that are happening. I but. recognize all that info, but yeah, putting it together, like touching it while bleeding, yeah, might have taken us <laughs> a hot day. It would have—it yeah. definitely would have been something to ponder for a minute. Right, slowed us down. Do I bleed more. on this altar? Or yeah, right. <laughs> yes. I kind of wish we hadn't gone through that door because inside was tragedy, unfortunately. We lost Quava inside. Yes, to, to the Aboleth. To the Aboleth. Who would have known? I think we all knew something was up when we walked in. Mm-hmm. It was pristine looking, but yeah, knowing but, it was an Aboleth, that was unexpected. And I figured just some yeah. shape shifter changeling. I was like, why would there be a p- pretty elven lady? <laughs> okay, we got a right, shape shifter right. on our hands, yeah. some form of ditto. We got duped. <laughs> and it yeah, was, you guys came in super sus. It was like <laughs> yep, yeah, the ancient always. form of ditto, the worst form of ditto. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have, like, I guess I kind of expected that to happen someone was like are they really gonna talk to this lady when she's like oh no the door closed Mm -hmm. uh that you're here i'm i'm alone there's no drow here uh (laughs) shit yeah it definitely was a suspicious moment but so sus and it was just like you know how do you suss it out with being like you're you're a demon you i can't can tell just it. blast a, <laughs> yeah. a just like, fine looking elf and just, just like start shaking you're like you're a demon i can tell it i see it in your eyes <laughs> yeah. oh, they trapped me and have been harnessing oh. me for my magic oh, no. please get me off my leaf or I'm else just I- a- 
<laughs> I'm just a floating tadpole out here on this little lily pad. Well, she's not the only one that's in there. There was also the uh, the drow that was guarding the gate. Mm-hmm. And yes. After we had the intense moment with the Aboleth, Crow almost taking out River. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Big smack. Yeah, there's some things. Elion that, uh, had to activate her back tattoo for the first time. I did. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And it did work. This fight Paid to off. me really hit hard just because like from the beginning of it when we started fighting the drow guy it was so uh it was so intense because <laughs> i started with that like faux intimidate kind of like we'll let you leave you let us leave we're just gonna go through this gate grab our friend and he's like that's cool cuts himself and just charges me in one turn <laughs> crits me first turn puts me down to 30 health and i was like all right, hands still up in the air, like as I'm just fucking horrible. Yeah, it, it started yeah. with the worst way it could have. In the process of this fight, Crow almost got beheaded. Oh yeah, because uh, there was the one chop where it was like, "How is your head even hanging on right now?" And then we got you healed up, but like, holy, almost like TPK, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he packed a wallop. Yeah, there was yeah, no reason to that man. I got to negative eight hit points. Uh, hard to reason with a guy who. Uh, uh, no, negative know. fourteen. Yeah, it's you had to hero points to not bleeder. die, right? I did. Yeah, crazy. Brasma saved you. But then the best, like, uh, the best part of that, besides the fact that it was just like, well, I think it's the best episode we've probably done yet. That's my hot take. Mm. But. Uh, that's because, like, from the get-go, the RP was there. The The reactions were so, like, animate because everything went way worse than we thought it would. So, like, every turn was just, like, hyperventilating, hard to focus. Like, everything's going bad. And then when everyone's already hurt, uh, Quava goes for a triple-shot crit. Uh, he crits the first one, and then crit fails the second one. <laughs> slips falls on the goo of the Aboleth, and that's when he gets sucked in. I was like, in a chain of tragic events like that, that seems so scripted, like, out of just, like, this is how a tragedy works. This is how it works. Everyone almost dies. One of their friends does die. Now yeah. how do you continue? And it just happened because the dice are great storytellers. Yep. No, totally unexpected. <laughs> and I made a guy that was a little bit stronger than written. Nice. <laughs> Paid off. <laughs> it did pay off. Well, uh, I definitely turned the difficulty up a little bit with that. Probably starting there is when I turned the difficulty up a bit. Oh, no. We felt it. I, ne- I needed you to feel the impending danger that you had been avoiding throughout the rest of the war. Well, should have dying is a good way to do that. <laughs> I am glad I didn't kill anybody, but... It cost me I, two hero points. It would have been there. We all learned things in that room. Elyon personally learned that sometimes you don't over-prep. If she had jumped in earlier, maybe she would have saved Quava. It's been heavy on her mind since. Damn. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? do? You go through a portal, and you go look for your friends. That's (laughs) what you do. (laughs) Exactly. That's what you do. So, yeah, we went... You kill the baddie, duh. Kill the bad guy. (laughs) Try to save your friend. Can't save your friend. You go kill more people. Save your other friends. Yeah. You guys... uh, screamed through this one uh, as well this section of the book was it supposed to be slow burn i really felt like almost not railroaded but i felt like this is a town with nothing to do by design because of it being ghosty you know what i mean being like if you interact they're like uh like what the don't they you know, don't do this they like, stop interacting with our dimension <laughs> yeah kind of but there were uh 
different breadcrumbs that you could have followed yeah. to find them. But you guys had a really good survival check to just find their nice. tracks. So I was like, well, that's good enough we for me. We did the smart stalking <laughs> move. <laughs> We're going like, to get them. Stalk to the drow. <laughs> yeah, Crow's been like beefing his survival t- for this very purpose. So mm-hmm. the, it Basically. really worked out that way. I think we all felt, I definitely felt like everything was pretty urgent. We had yeah. to go quick. Mm-hmm. And well, like, do you want to go to the tavern? Absolutely no, not. No, <laughs> we don't have time. Yeah, I did. So behind the screen, uh, this could have taken, this whole thing could have taken anywhere from the couple days that it did to maybe a week before I would have really, uh, really made it finite. Um, there was kind of a, a loose, so there, there's a loose clock that, that was going on this, and it mostly for me it was to just make the the impending feeling that things got to move quick, got to do this, things are falling from the sky literally. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you would have, it worked. Yeah, if you wouldn't have been on the direct path to to there, I wouldn't have ramped it up so much. Um, but to peek further behind the curtain, if you would have maybe dilly dallied way too long, and there would there could have been a chance that. Um, the you would have experienced uh, Earthfall, um, and in that moment, uh, as everything gets destroyed, that whole simulation, I guess it kind of is, would have cut out um, uh, every uh, novelness. If every novelness and everyone within like three hundred feet of the stone would have been shunted out of the portal, um, everybody who wasn't would have been uh, killed, and then they would have like when the simulation started again, they would have appeared as blast shadows, which were the first things that River spotted the first night. Um, oh, the things that you said weren't like people, but yeah. were humanoid-ish. They're and, like, like these shadowy. weird, dark, shadowy creature things. Okay. You would have oh. returned as one of those. That was giving me real vibes when I was like, oh, these like these amorphous people. That's yeah, cool. so those are the spirit kind of of the people who have died in this shadow, shadowy realm. So hypothetically, we were in there, What we what happens? We die? You would have died if you yeah. were too far away, but I That's mean, I, it, it, you'd have to be pretty rough as a GM to do that. Yeah. Uh, so it's more of just to, to try to make it feel like right. things would have ended. If or, somehow you've been prepping, the sky is falling for this long yeah. and they don't listen. But you could have waited and watched Earthfall before just teleporting out because you had the stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we were a little nervous about uh, waiting. We didn't want to sleep in right. the night. We also knew there was some yeah. sort of weird time thing true time change happening true dad could we have killed those blast shadows were they yeah. fightable yep they were for sure. interesting they're fightable yep for sure why were they enemies are they angry blast shadows they yeah <laughs> they they're basically just like angry souls uh, that are tr- now trapped in this plane that's cool <laughs> that sucks but, yeah that uh, sucks <laughs> yeah so we found our way there uh almost elion almost got one hit yeah. KO assassin. Yeah, assassin. assassin. We stalked the drow and they stalked back. Mm-hmm. True. That was certainly a moment where it's like, yeah, we're at a point where it's one hit kills. That can happen. Definitely. Very easily. Definitely. That, yeah. So, novelness dispensed of an assassin to watch in this plane to make sure you guys didn't didn't come or whatever. Be ready if you did. And, yeah, he was he was ready for you. Yeah, almost took us out. But we did take him out and then got quick retribution Mm-hmm. Got our strength back by slaying a dragon. Yeah, yeah. You guys took down that dragon. Uh, pretty, pretty fast. I think I could have played it a little bit better on my end. I sh- probably should have had the dragon like actually fly out of the window and like mm-hmm. circle back and stuff with another with another acid spray instead of just mm-hmm. standing there trying to trying to wallop crow. Um, yeah. I mean, it took down Elion. <laughs> it did take me down. And I think yeah. someone pointed out: Is this true? See invisibility. 
Did it uh, have they it? Had dragon sense? Yeah, so it would they, have been like they had they had blind smell. sense. That's what it was, blind sense. And uh, there is also an uh, like a terrifying aura that I missed. Mm. So you guys would have had to, you could have been scared of him. Uh-huh. So there's a lot going on. Yeah, I missed a few. I, I forgot to look further into the actual dragon traits instead of just what my sheet said were its specialty things. Oh, sure. Well, I missed a few things, but I mean, and like, we, it was still dangerous. And, yeah, we did it yeah. in like such a cheeky way that it almost makes sense that like the dragon didn't get to do his dragon thing because he got jumped like no dragon would where it's like, all right, I hear these people out here. I'm going to try and get them. And then, like, quick before you know it, they're in the window already. Like, son of a bitch. Like, yeah. the dragon probably knew he fucked up there just because intelligence. Yeah, something interesting. <laughs> yeah. Dragons are immune to sleep. So do they... He was just chilling. Do they really sleep sleep? Or was he just chilling? Just chilling <laughs> there. Just chilling, kind of. Resting. No, resting. Interesting. I'm just resting my eyes. Well, I had a fun fight. I thought it was a good time. Hmm? That building, that building was a scare fest. <laughs> Absolutely. Who we that don't know. It was crazy. It was very triumphant. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we did find our friends. We found Karashiel and Shalalu. Yep. Brainwashed. Almost psychologically like, yeah. tortured. Yeah, that was, psychologically that was tortured. That was really Full sad. PTSD. <laughs> yes, but uh, we got them all boosted up back to health. And we nursed them. They were ready to go. They were ready to go after we got their minds right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sh- Shalalu especially. <laughs> she was just oh, yeah. pissed. And, there was yeah. and thankful. Angry. Just a mini drow pile <laughs> out of like a bunch of the drow there right as we got them to health. Yep. Uh, they were the the babu demon oh, yeah. uh, popped into like the room between he came back. and they have like telepathy so he was able to pretty much speak uh, check in with the troglodyte and then check back in with the drow on the other side and just wow called him back over. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> babu demon damn you. But mm-hmm. our toughest enemy was yet to come as we faced novelness. <laughs> and the Twisted Did Sisters we? first. Twisted Sisters, that's right. Yeah. Fireball, fireball, pet deaths. Yep, you're right. Pet, pet deaths, deaths were, pet that death. hurt. That definitely yep. hurt. Yeah. It was it. so unexpected, just something I hadn't thought about. Yeah, I really didn't think about it nowhere. either until I was like, fireball, you, your animals are right there, I'm sorry. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> but yeah, their fireballs were tough. We definitely could have handled that better. I think we were... I don't know about you guys, but the assassin had me on my toes. I was like, I really don't want to split the party and I don't want to go outside, even though clearly they gave you an option to fly in. Yep. And every other encounter, I think we would have done it because we were constantly utilizing like the alchemy lab, walked up to the top, peered in, like yep. everywhere we're flying and trying to get our mm-hmm. get our advantage points. But here we were like, maybe the right path is to just pile up. And no, Straight that through. was the wrong path. We had successfully path. been shook. That's right. <laughs> shook us up. Def, yeah, I mean, AOE's, cram- everyone's cramped just like on the stairs at the at the back of a wall, basically. It was, I have and found, everyone was very, yeah, everyone was super hesitant to just like come out and address them in the open. But right. that didn't matter for them. I've no. also found we're a sap for getting our heels in quick, quote unquote quick, and then leaving the person with time to prepare that's just our so far our uh, big yeah. flaw of ours <laughs> and that's kind of that's just kind of the the fault of it also being a game yeah like yeah, you only obviously. have so many resources and high points but, yeah yeah but like there's times Factory where you can be more aggro about it and be like we only need one heal now if things get bad i'll keep a wand for a quick action or something you know what i mean where you start including into your battle economy but we're like, let's just get full and then go in. Because that makes logical sense. And they're like, I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we hadn't been full, those fireballs could have... Oh, yeah. W- could have been wiped. the end of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. And then we step back and heal with more fireballs. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I had fun with fireballs that episode. This episode. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. And then novelness as Renee, big bad. Yes. Uh, the big fight, the big boss battle. How did you guys feel about that one? Um, I, I knew I was pretty. I knew that it was going to be the hardest fight going into it. Naturally, mm. uh, had no idea what he was going to be like. I guess I I thought there would be a lot of enchantment magic and a lot of illusion magic. That's what I was like expecting. Playing with the mind yeah. more. The only illusion stuff that I really had him do in those moments were uh, I had him do the shadow conjuration type. Uh, I think that's still considered illusion. Uh, but, but whatever you do like a shadow version of a spell and since you're in the shadow plane it was basically real at that point mm, sure um, that's really cool but yeah otherwise evocation he was looking to end you guys not really fuck around yeah he was coming for us I think that um, what was I gonna say you guys jumped my wall of knives yeah you did and then River. I dismissed them because they were bad. <laughs> the wall of knives was the best I almost bone shaker novelness into them. That so been, close. That would have been sick. That was that the only cool, cool thing about it, but otherwise, bad move. Elyon was getting ready with a bull rush. Scroll <laughs> <Jar-jated>. to help. <laughs> yeah. Push Slam. him a little further. Um, oh, sick. One yeah. hydraulic push away. <laughs> yeah. How, did you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I wasn't surprised at all to see the summons. I, I thought there would be someone in the room with him mm-hmm. since we took the sisters. I was surprised the sisters didn't just go up and stay with him. Yeah. We took him out before they got there. So them dying early, I thought there's going to be a summon in this room or he's going to have more backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did have a summon. I found out like right away, like, okay, these guys have, they basically have to get a natural 20 to hit most of the people within reach right now. So I just like, fuck it. He's just going to go all out uh, mm-hmm. with his other stuff and... Those are just kind of uh, something to extend the game, I guess, a little bit. Distractions. I didn't know how serious they would be, so I, I felt like I needed to take them out and slow us down. Yeah, there was a lot of on-the-toes decisions there where it's like, yeah, well, especially yeah, for me hopping over the thing, I had to go left and right over the over the wall based on where the action was, and he could like teleport or fly or he, he was, was invisible. Invisible flying. Okay, invisible flying, which is practically teleporting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, invisible fly just back and forth, and I was like, God, what side do I got to be on to hit this dude with a bow because it's a 20-foot wall of swords? Yeah, the just <laughs> having... Ten. <laughs> is it only ten? ten? Having an invisible <laughs> flying person with magic is... Scary. Hard to keep track of, huh? Yeah, sure is. <laughs> Could have sure used like glitter dust or something to just like hit him with. And <laughs> yeah, after yeah, I definitely realized that. That's that's why I had Sam with with see uh, invisibility to mm-hmm. help balance that out. So that brings up another good listener question. This one's from Sir Newt in the Discord. Hello again. Sir Newt asks, "What part?" This is a question for Allard. Okay. What part did you think would be the hardest for your players? For my players. And I feel like now uh, is a good time because you had you had a serious battle just now, and you had a serious battle coming up. Did you think that? Did you think one of the boss battles would be the biggest challenge for us, or was there something else in book three that you really thought we would have a tough time dealing with? Time to fight. <laughs> well, before we got into it, I mean, I thought everything would be a little bit harder than it was, um, but in general, I knew that. I, I yeah, I knew that novelness would be the the hardest person by far just because um mostly because you guys haven't really fought a lot of really strong casters yet so it was kind of a new combat style for you uh and somebody who is going to be very proficient at killing you and 
Yeah. Yeah. He was. Almost killed Sam. Almost killed Sam. Saved by Elyon. That was a clutch moment. It was. I might have played the rules a little bit loose, but I, I feel like that needed to happen. Yeah, that I, was that was the play to make to stop that from happening, and I, I needed to honor it somehow. Word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think there's yes. also something to be said, too, that I think, and it's not just because I'm overpowered against Drow, but Drow, I thought, originally would be more just intimidating in general as, uh, like, casters and shit I thought is what they were gonna be more about you know mm-hmm. what I mean and when they kind of just turned out to be just like elven soldiers yeah. but in different uniform it was like okay well so maybe the drow aren't the scary thing and then every step that introduced a new creature I'm like this is the scary thing gibbering mouther <laughs> like, this is the big scary thing no not at all it just sucks and then it's like oh here's the gray render I'm like ah oh, there's the scary thing oh yep. no <laughs> and so yeah this was another book of oh no it's like it keeps ramping the whole time Oh man, there's always a bigger fish. Right, there's always yes. a bigger fish. We'll continue to ramp. And when I got Spoiler when I got to novelness, I truly I think by like a couple turns in, I didn't think he was as bad as the masochistic drow we had fought to get in here. Yeah, just that's... because of how aggro that guy was compared to novelness is like toying kind of. You know what I mean? Like power of toying with you with mm-hmm. magic versus just like a sword that is mean. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I guess I. I thought, well, as written, that that guy probably would have been a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I looked at him as written. I was like, I wanted him to at least have as good of a chance to hit you guys, like the big beefy guys, as you had to hit him. Mm-hmm. And to do that, it makes him really strong yep. as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, like, and his just like his ability is such a different. It wasn't a normal drow. He hit he, crazy abilities yeah. of hurting himself and getting stronger the pain taster <laughs> right? so it's like almost no yeah, matter what you scary. did felt felt worse like you were just helping the dude yep. yeah he was built to just boost his damage mm-hmm. as much as he could <laughs> he was a glass cannon i've, in play, I've played enough definition. games to know that aggro fast enough will hurt <laughs> absolutely especially when you're trying to come in passively with a hand up like please sir maybe we can negotiate ah my fingers <laughs> <laughs> no i'm here to kill you <laughs> nope so yeah, we did take out Nobleness. Mm-hmm. Saved our friends. Got the stone. Got the mm-hmm. stone. Found a little bit of extra information about uh, Earthfall and that there's a glimmer of hope on in trying to like stop whatever the Drow are doing. We if, don't know where or how, yes. but there is. Yes, exactly. So that's I guess that is your key goals going forward, isn't it? Yeah. Where and how? Yep. Figure that stuff out, and we have uh, solved it. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be easy. It'll Screw be the easy. next five books or whatever there are. <laughs> easy. And, <laughs> and I think this book in general, it probably because it was written by Jason Bowman, had like a lot of good lore, like Galarian lore weight to it. Sure. Like the, this ancient city uh, like was a direct link to uh, to like Earthfall, basically. And going back and forth in time in that, I don't know if, I guess there's probably another time travel thing, but Mm -hmm. this was an interesting way to um, experience that without actually having to time travel. Yeah, a fun behind the scenes with River too is like when I was building River, I was given the elf book to look through like the history of elves to like study up and I did it much like I was in school and like took notes, built timelines, did a bunch of like things as if like I was in an elf academy or something. And uh, when we actually got the chance to like explore Selwynvian, I 
felt like I could have spent forever in there, like learning about each different place. And like, that would have been value to me. So mm-hmm. like in, in a way, yeah, I do feel like there was so much more there that I was robbed of, of like, I, so much of the lore and so Winvian was what made River that like when we had to rush through and fight yeah. it was like oh, I wish I had time to enjoy this beautiful place but no such luck mm-hmm. and it, uh, it you found the book that confirmed that the uh, uh, it confirmed that the abolists were the cause of Earthfall uh, as direct mm, magic uh, like directly on to Aslant I don't know if that lore comes in and sooner in the whole Pathfinder lore APs, but I feel like that's a an early take on on a, a very important part of Galarian's lore. Yeah, props to the writers for sure, because I mean, even in all the shit I did know, they threw in hooks for even the people that read the elf book. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, Oh, you think you know everything in here? They're like, nah, but we didn't tell you about the Aboliths. And you know what I mean? I wouldn't you wouldn't have known if I didn't play Second Darkness. If I was just playing an elf, I studied the elf books, I'd be like, I know everything there is about elves. What are you talking about? So I'd be like, Do you know the Aboliths were involved in Earthfall? What? <laughs> oh, you didn't play Second <laughs> and Darkness. The elves knew that <laughs> yeah, it was right. gonna happen. Right, and yeah. it was just like ah, it wasn't in any of the lore I knew. So even that, like, it's a wow for someone who knew what the lore was supposed to be. Yeah, That's they do cool. a good job with all the APs of advancing the knowledge and right? giving giving a reason to learn and play them all. I Absolutely. Agree. Uh, so at this point, we took out the big bad, feeling our oats, feeling pretty good about ourselves, <laughs> our and immediately knocked down. Yeah, oh, baby, yeah, literally the homebrew episode to end them all. Yep, a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Episode number sixty. Yeah, uh, that was. I needed. I needed. So, <laughs> what you what, need? What am I? What am I? One of my theories on uh, on just like story craft in general is that if something gets touched on, there has to kind of be a reason or reaction to it. And so, since you guys had this big meeting with Elias, I I. For me to be satisfied with the story and have it have an arc and stuff like that, I needed him to return. And he's a, he's a driven person, a driven magical scoundrel, who is the probably the strongest person in Riddleport. And uh, what his whole his whole deal is, he's he's a cipher mage who wants power and and control. So he wasn't never going to miss the opportunity to retrieve an artifact of Thessalonian significance. Mm-hmm. He now has he potentially has the ability to go to the past and like experience uh. the cipher gate in a different light. So those are interesting. That was something that I just needed for my story sake. Oh, makes sense and. Like I, I, I was having a, a fun time thinking up his building his character and the idea of him just coming in, uh, not trying to kill you guys, but just defeat you with magic all, all the same was fun for me. And it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. It did. There's only one problem with everything you said there. You said Elias is the strongest person in Riddleport, so you obviously forgot about our best boy, Dane. <laughs> Well, he, would want, he would want. He would. He'd one v one me. Come on, bring it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll you, get you. I'll get you. He'd take you down. He'd eat, have you eaten by rats? Yeah, he would. He would. It would have been horrible. <laughs> I think we've been in less of a good position. <laughs> Even though there's nothing worse than sitting at the bottom of a hole playing tic tac toe with your buddy. Well, your friends are fighting up there. <laughs> but not. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, go ahead. Uh, but not only uh, did I need like him to come back for my story reasons, my desire to have a kind of arc there, um, I also felt that the hook into the next part of the story was a little weak. Uh, so I wanted to kind of... I mean, I, I felt that it was better to introduce a... Uh, a side of the elves that maybe isn't so honorable by having basically they extorted you or that was my interpretation of it the elves extorted you from this weakness to send you on a uh, a dangerous mission and I thought that was more compelling than them being like haha that was such a good time we're at a we're at a party right now celebrating your victory you see Eviana look over to you and she winks. Are you, we have, uh, we've been looking into something. You, you ready for another mission? Right. Like, sure. It, it feels like, I mean, I feel like you guys would have said yes, but yeah, it definitely felt like there needed to be a stronger connection to send you down there. Mm -hmm. Well, they tried to almost guilt us and say it was our fault that the stone was lost. And yeah, I don't know about crow and river's feelings maybe river feels a little more connected to the elves but elion was like no <laughs> after everything that we did and then the fact that like you didn't guard that gate i don't know elion was <laughs> elion was pretty pissed on how they tried to turn the blame around but no, that's, I, yeah I yeah agree. i i remember re-listening and being like river was so salt that there was only two people watching the academy of arts and yes. one of them was just like a callum so, callum just fucking callum so that, he's not a pro <laughs> he's callum that little tidbit was me being not clear enough on how weak and spread out the right. elves had become i gathered that the they, second time they really didn't have the forces to have like a lot of people there mm -hmm. and i and I, maybe i was i didn't think about it hard enough as being like a place to shelter um, but I feel like it was in a central area so there wasn't as much reason to have a, a mass there when you can have it kind of out on the edges of the city mm -hmm. uh, or and a lot of them were back at, at camp too and a lot of them had also perished uh, trying to clear out the rest of the, of the thing but I, w I definitely was trying to impart the idea that their elves uh, in this area were spread way too thin. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And I wasn't I wasn't mad at the story or the writing or how it played out. I was mad at Eviana. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yes. And to... I was mad at Callum, the weak-minded fool. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm sure that his time Strong being wizard. dominated wasn't like the worst. He was probably just like hanging out with Elias for the most part, but he did he did have to kill his friend. Right. That's that pretty brutal. Yeah. And we breezed over that pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say one thing we breezed over is just total elven casualty of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the war has been going on. You hear screams, boom, bang, pow. Now, what are you guys doing? It's like, you know, those screams are like hundred dead, 10 dead, 10 dead. <laughs> like, oh man, the yeah. amount of bodies probably just being poured out. You know, it, it, it's hard to make that a fun radio show, but it's definitely, uh, gruesome and maybe worth a scan over the fact that there was a lot of motherfucking dead elves. Yeah, you can't say that an elf life is worth more than a human life, though. It definitely feels that way sometimes. Mm. Like, oh, you could have lived so long. That that hurts me. You could have fought <laughs> a lot of wars, my boy. You could have lived so long. That's yeah. an interesting point. But the human life is so much more condensed and powerful. 
Right? Yes. <laughs> they yes. try to That's do why so much. <laughs> elves like to have flings with humans. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sam's mom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sam's mom. And that that wraps us up. We return to the elf camp, and uh, I wanted to say one more thing about yeah. the kind of conflict that stirred from Elias coming in and taking the the elf gate. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I focused on as the elves' reason to to like do and say what they did in, in those moments was because the pretty much the very first thing that they asked you in the first meeting was. Uh, you agree not to tell or let anybody know about this well there was already somebody like that you had been associated with watching and you didn't mention it at all this is a beautiful moral question that i love that was proposed in this is just that whole like was it a lie was it not told is the untold a lie you know what i mean because that yeah, like asked right off the bat and I even knew there was a cheekiness to that where I was like, nah, we're not being watched. It's like, probably not right now. Maybe. We don't know that, but I didn't know that as, you know, River by any means. And I was like, yeah, we're already starting it off on terms of like, yeah, we're not telling nobody. But yeah. So I tricked you a little bit there. A little yeah, bit of a sort backhanded. Of a, sort of <laughs> there a we go. Trap. Yeah. Definitely a backhanded comment mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> rang true episodes later. Unexpected consequences. That's what I'm about. Yes. It's something <laughs> to be said about trusting uh, kingpins and such again, too. Definitely had to call back the cla- to Riddleport. The classic flaw of the Riddleport gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we rolled with it, and now we're about to head into the underground. Whoop, whoop. Dun, dun, this is going to be a dun. fun book. I'm excited to have you guys dig into huh. into the, this whole book. Yeah, me too. Dig. Uh, here, I'll tell you. Into the city. Dig. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the name of the, of this book, too. Next book. Book do, do, do. This one's called Endless Night by F. Wesley Schneider. Ooh, I love it. Endless Night. He's a, he's a good writer. He's I a, wonder he's if that's because it's dark. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it very well. I don't even know. Is there know. a sun underground? I don't even know. Well, great book, everybody. I What's really, that? really had a good time. I this was think riveting so most of the time. Sometimes it was <laughs> sad and yeah, that's what made it good. Gotta Trialing. Have, you gotta have good and bad. Yep. To have story. Absolutely. <laughs> so, do we want to get into some listener questions at the end here? Yeah, let's yeah. dig into some. Yeah, it's not gonna fit. Um, how do we do? We want to zip through these. Do we want to do all of them? Let's, some of them. Let's is zip there through. A way to just guide six, them at people. Six maybe? questions. Let's six zip, questions. We, we keep keep your answers em. succinct. I know you guys have lots of thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings. Let's zip them. Let's. I can zip. <laughs> all right. I imagine. So we're gonna open this li- our listener questions with one from our very own Eli. Oh, oh he's a listener. What? Eli's wondering. You can change two dice rolls in book three. You got one crit success and one crit fail to put in. Oh, where man. are they going? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say both of mine. I don't know exactly if it's a crit success or exactly where the dice roll would be, but it would be somewhere on Quava mm-hmm. to. Uh, you know, crit success there. I don't know exactly which position it would be. I in, figured but something it out. to help that. I did the math and listen listened to the episode to see what it was that caused it. You could either counter his crit fail that caused him to fall, which would boost his AC to being grabbed, or you could counter his reflex to being grabbed. 
there was two chances for him to do better. And I, I did the same thing. I wrote that down. I was like, one of the things that saves Quava. So that's a good huh. crit success. I didn't think of it on his parts. I guess I was thinking it more of like, could Elyon have jumped in oh, and got a hit oh, or something? Yeah. Something to kill the Ablith. But mm-hmm. any, I mean, any way that could have kept Quava alive, a, really. Any crit during the fight on the Ablith, it would have been dead before that happened. Yeah. It, and it was pretty low in health. Yeah. She could have taken it out if she went in sooner. But oh, well, it's gone. But my crit, uh, I guess the other one would be I would have saved more on the Assassin's Blade. Mm. There was something there that could have not mm. one shot me. Mm-hmm. Those are my two. Yeah. Uh, one that I think deserves mention for sure would be saving uh, Lindelaria somehow just a save there from a fireball is that even possible a reflex save yeah maybe something would have helped uh that would be a really good one and for a crit fail i would throw a crit fail where crow hit me i was uh, <laughs> uh that's a good one um yeah, yeah that, that, sure. that would have been mine I that's wish a pretty I good one crit on river <laughs> i would throw a crit fail on you yeah yeah i'm gonna echo that one for sure so where's your crit success going I don't remember very many other crit fails. Oh, it doesn't have to be a crit fail. Just something you wish oh, you would have killed on. Oh, gotcha. I mean, fuck. Yeah, the Ablith was a good one, yeah, too. Yeah, I was just thinking that. That's um, I guess novelness, so we could have... No, actually, um, uh, Elias. I think that would've, I would have uh, wanted my crit to go on him. I think that would have been funny just not fall into the pit right or... <laughs> like it, it, just anything within that fight so i didn't look so lame that's a good one <laughs> i would have crit to win tic-tac-toe there you, nice. go. there you go i would also <laughs> throw in an honorable mention for uh oshka how do we go about what did what how did oshka leave oshka she was killed by water elementals so there off was, screen off screen okay never mind i was like if it was anything we could have controlled life. maybe yeah no, I was gonna say I, I want to save the animals, so Lindelari and Ashka, but there was no save in Ashka. <laughs> no. Poor Did you have any GM Allard? Nah, <laughs> nah. If you could have been <laughs> happy with how it all went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Love to hear it. Our next question is from Sir Newt. What's up again? Sir yeah. Newt asks: Is there part of Book Three that you wish you could have explored in more depth? What and why? We talked about it a so little bit. So and lore. So Winvy and lore. Yep, <laughs> naturally. Um, Crow, did you have any thoughts? I think Selvian was kind of one of the places we really just kind of yeah. The rest of it, I think we got a good flavor for. Yeah. What do you think? I think I wish I would have gotten a little more into Elven culture, had more time to spend time time with them, so Elia mm-hmm. could have figured a little more about her ancestry. Makes sense. I did uh, plan on a lot more RP between me and you with doing like uh, learning about the elves, like questions about it and stuff like that. Never really. I mean, it came up a few times and we said that we did a good amount of learning and talking. We shared languages, you know, so it was all there. But yeah, we definitely didn't do all the elven lore that I wanted to be exposing because it's so fun as a player to expound the lore the, rather than the GM do it. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was definitely interesting mm-hmm. stuff. We just... So much to of, learn. It you was can ask urgent. Me <laughs> uh, there was a drow necromancer and like an associate that were doing things separately that uh, from the rest of the the drow army. They had broken off and were doing their own thing. So that would have been interesting. Oh, to how would we have encountered them? Uh, I, I mentioned uh, the ghouls that were happening. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost being ready for Crow to be like, I have to go stop the undead for Phrasma. 
Um, but Shalalu was there to keep an eye on those. Shalalu's group went to check that out. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, when we encountered her yeah. on the street. That was in the last episode, wasn't it? Probably on the yeah. way there. Yep. Yeah. That <laughs> would check out. Yeah. Good one. Well, here's another thing that we touched on. Another listener question. The This is from Hot Rats again. Rats. The party seems to get loads and loads of stuff. Is all that loot part of the AP or is it just Allard being a kind and benevolent GM? And like you said earlier, you you gave more loot than they recommend and it seems like you had to do a little balancing. Yes. And to balance in one E, you put more loot on enemies, which has a snowballing effect. Or you can just decide, yeah, you can change things. Um, most of the loot in this book was was written in. Um, there were some upgrades I did to make some of the like drow captains and some of the uh, more singular people um, a little more powerful a little more interesting you don't say but otherwise uh, th- that stuff was was as written mm-hmm. in this book at least I gave away more loot in the previous couple books than than before it definitely felt that way last thing I River needs I could have guessed that last thing River needs is more alchemical bolts so I'm glad we uh, got the factory down so they didn't have that much loot of just poison bolts laying yeah. around. <laughs> I definitely threw in a few a few extra plus one weapons and armors just to make the drow a little beefier. So mm-hmm. everyone had at least a little bit of upgrade to them. That's nice. Cool. That helped our cash stack in the end. Yeah, yeah. it did. Uh, real. Real time. Um, here's a question from Bipolar Pop-Tart. Bipolar Pop-Tart. BP, BP asks, what made you specifically choose the damnation domain at Kyle Crow Moonwave? I can understand the switch from ice snow, but are you trying to punish enemies like only a child killer can? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a a hashtag, hashtag player call out. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, hey, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest thing is that Crow is just really, really following through with Phrasma and her guidance. And I thought with, you know, not being on ships right now, and kind of following this new path of the elven war <laughs> um it's, it's, he's doing a lot of you know killing and and deciding who is being punished as his god would want him to do so <laughs> i thought i thought it just made a lot of sense and i thought it had a couple really interesting powers that i haven't yet used but i hope to do so so i thought i thought it made the most sense with uh, the rp of for Asmo with Crow. Yeah, it definitely felt like Crow was changing a bit and he literally was leaving the ocean for who knows how long. So it felt like there was there was change a Bruin. There was a and, shift. For, I think that was the biggest like the peak of his shift in this book. It was kind of it was sort of happening like the whole way through, but I think that's where it kind of really took a turn and will continue to do so. Yeah, and if a cleric's making a big life change, you know you got to console your god about it. That's right, <laughs> always. I think it's fitting for Crow. We have one more listener question, and then I have a couple questions myself All right. for the party. Let's do it. This one is once again from BP Bipolar. Baby. How do you think this whole last book would be redone by Wizards of the Coast, given their new stance on Drow? <laughs> Allard, you probably know the most about this. It's a good question. Um, well, this. I feel like this book was kind of mild on the kind of negative stereotypes uh, that are attributed to these t- kinds of enemies. Um, so I feel like it didn't, it wouldn't come out a whole lot. 
but they probably would have thrown in uh, the opportunity to befriend a scorned drow and maybe uh, maybe like the lore leading up to it wouldn't make them just um, they are evil they are they're they're naturally evil people and whatever they probably would have tried to bring out um, some 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 contrast in the types of of people that you run into Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's definitely what I am going to be trying to do and I think I've I've tried to do it a little bit in like combat moments Uh, a lot of times when the drow were about to die I would try to shed some some humanity on them like one drow he took an attack of opportunity so his so his comrade could stand up and get one last shot at crow and he crit that shot and I and just like Mm-hmm. giving them sad moments when they know that they're about to to die to to this this party but they they soldier on the same way that probably Riverwood or something mm-hmm. like that so trying to i i think that it's fair to 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 say that i mean there's going to be a, a lot of um there's, there's going to be a spectrum of types of people that you're going to run into Mm-hmm. As far as the the drow <clears throat> society goes, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's good to I mean I they can st- you can still have an evil civilization as long as you don't make the um, lo- as long as you don't put the evil on the race and the, and like bring it out to the society that created their evil tendencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be trying to focus more on that than maybe just written. Well said, yeah. Elyon, I know Elyon in particular, looks at the drought not as natural enemies, but the fact that they're trying to, you know, bring a meteor onto the earth and wipe everyone out. Mm -hmm. It's easy to uh, go with the flow and try to kill all of them. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well well put. Yeah. uh, And I feel like, I mean, I feel semi-bad as River because I think I'm trying my best to play the mentality of someone who is brainwashed by the military. Um, so having the like, no, like 100% surety in my mind that this, that what I'm doing is right and that they are evil and that, you know, every time I come face to face with that, things get a little bit harder. Um, but you playing the brainwash side feels bad inside because like, I don't think that drow are evil because I know their circumstances, but like when you have to play someone who's been raised like that, it's, it's really interesting, honestly, because you know playing as a military member as opposed to like a standard citizen you are supposed to have the mindset of someone who's been washed for years and years you know mm-hmm. so that's been fun and problematic for me in my brain <laughs> so circling back to the question it might maybe they would take a little more of uh like you said focusing on this group of drow that's evil rather than this mysterious race oh the yeah. drow let's kill them and, and they, explaining why they're evil and for uh, they might have to change like how Drow came up, up came about just a little bit. Sure. Um, for lore reasons that I'm, I don't think you guys have discovered yet in in game, so I'm not going to elaborate on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just intrinsically because of how they came to be. There might be technically issue there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Before uh, before we wrap up, I just want to ask and check in. This is the longest that any of us have played in a campaign mm-hmm. by far. Yeah, mm-hmm. by far. So how are we all feeling? How are you all feeling? 
How you doing? How you doing? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, good. You looking forward to book four? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm looking forward to to the rest of the book and like how how it all plays out. Like there there's a few things that I'm still just like this this could go either way, and I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's it's definitely like I mean it's been it weighs on the character the whole time, but it's just like you can feel that that weight just starting to add up, and it's. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I've said it probably the last 10 episodes, but I'm just going into every episode expecting to die. Sure. <laughs> like, it's just mm-hmm. like... It's that was a, me through the end of this book, yeah. It, it's a part of it, and it's just, like, crazy. And it, it's just crazy to, like, even in these crisis alerts, just to talk about, like, everything our characters have been through. It's just we're doing a lot. And it's, it's a lot. It's nuts. It's powerful. It's a fun, I, fun story. Fun I'll story. say that I'm jealous of you as players because I still want to get the experience of like taking a character through a whole AP. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's I'm having eventually a good time. one day. It's, yes, I definitely want to spend more time in Elyon's head. Mm-hmm. As uh, the further we get, um, I find myself with more free time thinking, how would Elyon feel about all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've done a lot of. Uh, time beforehand games where I just sit and try and put myself into River's brain and uh, I think this is and it might just be getting this way like with more and more books we get done but it's definitely increasing like the amount of headspace out of game that it is taking in my life where I'm bringing like okay now that things are super serious I can't sit down in a week or whenever and be like okay let's play I have to be like reminding myself what we were here for or what you know the the thing i'm supposed to be doing right now is because like uh i i'm losing the ability to just sit down now things are getting very important and then even more if that's throughout the week then when i'm sitting here it's more so than ever like the world besides this basement is completely gone and i just have to focus on right now because it could be the last day it's that classic you know like if you think you're gonna die this episode you better play it right (laughs) you know (laughs) so like if that's happening every episode then there's not the chance for external stimuli to even bother me to the point that like i'm more and more wrapped up and then outside it's taking up more and more of my space in my brain and that's pretty cool hopefully it gets more it's good (laughs) (laughs) if it gets more i don't know if i can handle the space man (laughs) that's a good point um kind of leads to my second question is where are you guys getting inspiration uh for your characters or for just generally to keep your uh I don't know, to keep the excitement there. Um, not that we're losing excitement. I think we're all really excited, but inspiration sources, things that keep you on your toes, keep you feeling active and fresh in the mind going into fantasy. I guess I'll say some right off the bat. I'm watching a lot of shows that are very story driven. Oh, I've been going for like, you know, I'm putting on TV shows and I'm really finding myself watching them in depth. Um, Let's see. For example, I just watched the movie Goodfellas the other day. Mm -hmm. Really good movie. And um, yeah, just to see the to watch characters and to see how do they feel? How do they go on? um, What makes a good character? What makes Mm -hmm. a good story? I find myself thinking about it in TTRPG terms more than I have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it makes me excited to get to the table and create some story of my own. Yeah, Yeah. I truly feel annoying sometimes watching movies here because uh, with both of us sitting here, me and Allard, I don't know if your brain's like this, but every time we're watching a movie, I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if you converted it into a mechanic where, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you're watching it like, oh, this show about four teens. I'm like, hmm, this would be a really good campaign. And then I just like stuck 
thinking about how this would work as a campaign rather than uh, <laughs> rather than watching the show at all. Uh, so you know, it brings it out like that. But I think meditating on the mindset of your character beforehand on a game is really cool. Uh, I found it helps as if like you were sitting as if you were sitting in your campsite and you just like had had the night to think just what your character would think about and just put yourself there. And then when you come to the table, you'll be like, man, that mindset sucked. <laughs> yeah. But at least you have something more than let's play. Yeah, I guess at the, in the same vein, I I mean, I can I prefer story <laughs> TV shows that have really good character driven um story plot and just like the 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 moral uh, questions that get that are brought up in different conflicts in specific situations like I feel like right now it's a it's attack on Titan and that that has a I mean, from every angle you're gonna get a different kind of moral perspective mm-hmm. on a situation or different situations um, so it's just kind of taking taking note I guess I don't I'm not like Eli, where when I'm watching something, I immediately ping to to something else. I def- that's your protagonist. That's your NPC. <laughs> There's the barkeep. I'm definitely just like he observing it and trying to see what it's saying in that moment, separate from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I watched. Well, TV yeah, shows. like that goes hand in hand with watching the character arcs as you're watching how they handle the moral dilemmas. And so similarly, let's say something as simple as Attack on Titan, yeah, like watching what a soldier's mindset is in there as opposed to someone who's a civilian, blah, blah, blah. I think focusing on what speaks to you and maybe your character when you're watching shows is a great way to realize that maybe some of the decisions you made were either less informed than they should have been or maybe like less RP accurate um, because of like we might not be in the mindset that they actually would be in sometimes. Uh, so like if you're thinking clearly when you obviously shouldn't be thinking clearly, that's immersion breaking, but not to the point where it's, you know, breaking the story. But definitely if you watch like a show and think like, oh, there's a really cool sailor protagonist here that's really godly. That's a very specific protagonist in a show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of uh, like specific inspiration references that, that is in other media for the rest of the books but uh, I'd say that the uh, coming back to Attack on Titan mm-hmm. that the whole like militaristic edge of that show was kind of inspired how I conceived like the elven militaristic kind of mindset and structure mm, interesting that's cool behind the screens for yeah. you <laughs> well, let's all keep our uh, minds sharp and our inspiration up. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I am excited, hyped for book four. We're halfway through it. Mind sharp, weapon sharper. Absolutely. Did you say we're halfway through it? Halfway through book number, uh, halfway through the AP. Halfway through the oh, AP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Not I thought, thought you meant, like, I thought meant we were halfway through book four. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for following along so far. I hope mm-hmm. you enjoyed this recap. And... Oh boy, lots of fun stuff coming at book four. Allard will tell you all about it. Book four. <laughs> all right. First thing that happens. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> cut the mic. Oh, one thing that I I feel like we might as well drop right now. Within weeks, there will be yes. a uh, Dice Crisis website. Boom. And what? probably around a month. You don't pa- say. Patreon. Boom. What is that? Boom. Tell Keep me more. Keep your eyes and ears open for that stuff. Don't uh, close them. <laughs> don't close them. Uh, yeah, more more info coming later, but. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.